0: Toby, what's going on, man? How you doing?
1: Chilling, 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 literally chilling. It's chilly outside. I'm in New Jersey. Uh, sun is shining, but you know, wind is, wind is blowing, but feeling pretty good, man. Doing all right. Even though it's a crazy day today, election is happening. So, uh, it's, it's, it's gnarly. We don't have to hang there. Uh, but you know,
0: I mean, gnarly day. Yeah, it's a real thing, man. It's, uh, it's, it's happening and you know, it's been, it's been looming for, for, for months. And, uh, You know, I just, I just hope whatever happens that, that we can keep striving for some sort of, I don't know, peaceful.
1: (laughs) That's what I'm saying, man. It's, it's, uh, you know, man, the the older I get, the more I just, you know, I just care about humanity and I I just want to see people win and, uh, specifically creative people, you know? So I just hope we get to a place where, you know, people like yourself and myself and all of our friends can get back to work and do what we do. And, um, yeah, you know, in the meantime, just, just stay scrappy and, um, you know, creative and, and move the needle forward.
0: Yeah. I love that. You know, it's obviously it sucks this whole thing, but, uh, it, it forces us, it forces us to innovate, I think, and, and, and be creative. Um, and you know, there's, I, I see projects, excuse me, projects coming together um you know that may not have happened you know in in normal times you know there's a lot of artists that you know we can't tour so it's like you got artists reaching out to other artists like hey you want to sing on our song or do you want to start a little side project we just kind of do from the basement you know like um yeah and the way we release things now like with Spotify and you know all that um and you know kind of cutting out the middleman you don't need a label anymore um and, you know, using sites like, you know, DistroKid or CD Baby or something, uh, TuneCore, you can really just, you can upload whenever you want. And it, it's really opened up the doors, you know?
1: Yeah. You know, and I think a positive too is like people get hit to like a lot of those services, but also get hit to like, yeah, well, why am I going to spend this much money on this when I can put more money into this part of like promoting this project? You know what I mean? Or like you know, like, why does TuneCore charge what they charged? Like, what are we doing? Like, you know, is there a better solution out there? So like, I feel like there's people are even thinking like, well, Hey, how, how can we, how can we offer more services to to musicians? Um, where like, Hey, more money goes in their pocket and they're not strapped, but it, it allows them to accomplish more with a little bit. You know what I mean? It's rad. It's cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Be- being able to, uh, I don't know. It, it as I said, it's sort of it really opened it up. It kind of, everything's pretty flat now. Like as far as like, you know, it's so, it's so saturated cause anybody can do it. And, um, we, uh, I, I love seeing people take advantage of it. And, and then, and then, you know, as you said, like realize like, Hey, well, what, you know, there's a lot of competition now. There's a lot of different services, like distribution services, like platforms. So maybe there's something better. Uh, you know, uh, we, we use distro kid. Um, we were using, uh, in grooves and they were taking a cut. I think it was like a 20% cut or something, which is not terrible. It's pretty, pretty reasonable. Um, uh, but I was like, you know what? Like I just felt, I, I felt like for us, like we'd sort of been putting out uh, a lot of the same, uh, we've been putting out the, uh, music, but it was kind of, there wasn't anything new happening. Like there, I didn't see any like opportunity opportunities arising. Um, from working with this specific company, uh, so I was kind of like, well you know if we don 't really have anybody really working our record, you know why do, why why am I paying someone to, to do that? Yes. Um, and you know when we had a great successful campaign with them with our girls record, you know I, I, I'm not shitting on them, I'm just saying that like um, after that it just sort of felt like maybe the attention went away a little bit, uh, even though it was a, it was a very successful role actually our most successful rollout ever. Um, but then, uh, yeah, it sort of felt like the attention left maybe. And, um, and they were great people to work with. Um, and they were totally cool about us, you know, splitting, but I just saw the distro kid thing. I was like, well, it's a hundred percent. And here's, here's where, here's where the difference is. Okay. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, so they take that 20% at the other place because they have people dedicated sort of to take care of you when you need help. Uh, DistroKid is a good service, um, but their customer service, it, it takes a couple days to hear from anybody. And you have to go through this like insane, like uh like, are you sure? Like, did you check the the FAQ? Yeah, know, yeah. Like that kind of stuff where it's like I need, you know, and and my band is 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 uh, you know, we do a lot of streams, we do a lot of business, and like sometimes I don't have time to wait, you know? And, and so that's what you're paying for with that, that little cut. So it is up to you to to figure out, you know, how you want to do it, but it's there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's funny that we're starting this conversation, just jumping into the numbers. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry, but you know, (laughs) it's it's like, but it's so true. The, The big point is that like, it's there for you to figure out. And the idea that I need x y and z behind me to accomplish whatever i'm trying to accomplish like dude it's just it's so much better to like get with a group of friends and find somebody that you trust and you're like here this is what i do i love you i trust you if you try to do anything i'm gonna punch you in the face but like this is what i need you to do and like you build your team you know and i feel like there are more and more people willing to kind of take that journey you know you know what i mean It really like now more than ever like You know whatever 10 years ago 15 years ago like the journey of like oh we got to get signed and we got to go on tour and we got to go do this like that was a journey in and of itself that journey is still there because that tour component when it comes back you know 2022 maybe like uh that's always gonna be a part of the story but like there's another journey now where you can like literally you know sit in your kitchen and like have a strategy and build a business, and you know, go go at it, and and every day, like you're working it, working it, and working, it, you know. Um, yeah, that's what's fascinating. It's like it has to be a daily thing. It has to be a daily grind. You know, Vinny and I talk about it all the time. We're like, dude, all we want to do is just move the needle forward. If we move the needle forward just a tiny bit, as long as it moves forward every day, solid. You know what I mean? it's a win. It's a victory. And we'll celebrate that rather than getting bummed out about 10 other things that maybe didn't happen The needle moves move forward. So we can always stay winning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love what you said about <clears throat> just being in your kitchen and sort of creating a release strategy or a marketing strategy. Like, <clears throat> you know, you can, you can make the record in your basement and yeah. then go up to the kitchen and figure out the marketing plan. That's just where we are, you know, dude, it's so rad, you know? And, and the cool
1: part is like, um, you know, like I've got, I've got two little girls, right. I've got a seven year old and I've got another little girl who's about to be two, but my seven year old is like watching, um, you know, dad be an entrepreneur. Her mom's an entrepreneur. My seven year old like loves music, like loves like singing. So like she's paying attention to all this stuff and she's like watching, you know, like paying attention to the inevitables. Like it's, it's like tripped me out the other day. Like we went out, I picked her up after school and we were going to grab some lunch and, uh, and she's like, dad, I'm going to go home and, uh, you know, play Spotify. I mean, I'm definitely going to listen to the Inevitables and I'm definitely going to listen, like, you know, her taste in music is like everywhere, right? She's like every, everything from like K-pop to like reggae to, you know, it's like, it's, it's awesome. So, but it trips, like she's watching all this happen and she's like asking the question. So well, how do you get a record? Like, dad, can I get a record on Spotify? Can I do this? Like, you know what I mean? Like. To her, it's not like this thing that's so far away. She's watching it happen in her daily life. She's like, yeah, like when I get a record on Spotify, you know, Dad, will you record my record? You know, like it's, it's awesome. I love it. You know, I love that what it's doing to inspire like, you know, next generation. It's, it's rad. It's going to be, and it's crazy. Like by the time she's doing it, who knows what the hell's going to be happening in the music industry, you know?
0: It's definitely like, it's so much, uh, it's not that it's, easy, but it's easier than it was, you know, back when you and I started, um, you know, I, my, I started my band in the nineties, you know, and we would dream about making a CD, you know, like CDs when you like, you were doing shit, you were like, you made it, you know? Um, and, and I had my disc makers catalog, you know, it was like $3,000 to make a thousand CDs at the time. And, you know, I felt like a, it felt like a million dollars, you know, might as well have been. Um, but you know, my, my kids the same, it's, uh, they're, they're creative people. Um, my daughter's definitely a performer of some type. She, she loves dancing and singing. Uh, my son can play drums. Um, but he's also, uh, he's also into, he loves the new hip hop. Like it's more like this guy, the kid Leroy. Um, it's very, uh, it's kind of like, Everybody's, like, Mm -hmm. biting, like, Post Malone, kind of, sort of like that. But this is a different flavor. Anyway, (laughs) this is, like, favorite dude, and, like, he's making YouTube videos. He's, like, using iMovie and, like, uh, Video Leap on on his iPhone, just, like editing and like his editing is getting much better. He's really gotten into the editing part of it. He's starting to add like little clips here and there. If, if something happens in a game, cause he plays games. If, if something happens in a game and he's like, it's like a whoa moment, he'll take a clip from the internet and be like an explosion or something like, whoa, you know, just yeah, yeah, things yeah, yeah. like that, cool. man. He's, he's a little creative dude and I'm just so happy to see it. And as you said, like, wow, what is it going to be like, you know, by the time they're in their twenties and thirties, I don't know. It's incredible. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Cause it's like, it's all happening. It's all shifting.
1: And the cool thing is that because we get to do what we do, you get to keep your pulse, you know, your finger on the pulse. So you're kind of like, you know, you're either going to go with it or you're going to, we're just going to become dinosaurs, you know? And in a way we are dinosaurs already, but like, you know, in terms of like, just how things happen, because like, I remember talking to somebody, uh, somebody like who does hip hop You know, and they were like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to be a SoundCloud rapper. Like, I just want to be a SoundCloud rapper. And I'm like, okay, cool. But like, yeah, SoundCloud's a huge platform. But like, there's this part and then there's this part, you know, like there's like people want to see like actually how you get the tune on SoundCloud. Like there's this whole, there's so many angles you can go at releasing music. You know what I mean? And it's like, nah, I don't have any time for that. And I'm just like, dude, it's like, it's 2020, man. You don't have time for it. I'm sorry. Like I don't care how how great your rhymes are, your beats are. You know what I mean? They're like, nah. Like, you know, it's funny. There's there's music purists everywhere. Like, as long as the music is dope, like it's gonna it's gonna hit. And it's just like, nah, dude. Nah, oh, it's, it doesn't work that <laughs> way. Nah, man. Like, sorry, dude. It's just not. It's not how it works. But
0: I, uh, I I tell people all the time on the show, you know, it's like, uh, it's it's like the dude, um the dude, Daniel Eck from Spotify, the CEO, he's a billionaire, you know, and he, he right. look, he makes money off of our art. Right. Yeah. And so I, I understand where his comments and his things, the things that he does on the way he lives, it, I can see how that's like offensive, you know? Um, yeah. but I mean, the dude just got smart and was like, Oh shit, I can do this. Um, and what he said recently, I guess a couple of months ago, and people got mad about it, it was like, you know, you gotta, you have to, uh, you know, the days of, you know, recording a record and then three or four years later putting out another record, like that's over. Like you just, you have to be more frequent and more consistent. And absolutely, it's like, I saw that coming for the last couple of years now. I'm like, this is, there's something happening. There's a transition. There's like a paradigm shift or something like it where it's, it's just not what it was. And like, you have to sort of unlearn what you've learned over the last, you know, for me, 25 years of being a, yeah. in a band, you know, back then, when you know and the same for you when you started uh westbound train is like uh you, you wanted to you probably wanted to get signed to a label and you wanted to go on tour for sure and for me I wanted to be on the radio and I wanted to be on SNL and play the VMAs you know those mm-hmm. are the those are the things you strive for and and today it's like i mean yeah you got you have dudes that are like there are artists that are like breaking on SoundCloud for sure. It does happen. It absolutely happens. But the likelihood of that, you know, you can't, you can't depend on that. You got to just, you know, don't put all your ducks in the what the, what is it? All the eggs in the basket or whatever, like yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah. spread it around. People got to realize that like everything is content. Like you, as you said, people want to see you like making the song. They want to see how, what your day is like. What is it that, you know, show them how you make that beat or, or like working on a few different versions of this verse or something, show that there's this whole other component, you know, with the video stuff. And, uh, I think people need to get to know you and then once they love you, they'll support whatever you do. So you really got to build that organic, uh, relationship with, with your audience. Yeah. Um, you know, and it starts from the, from the grassroots level. A dude, for the sake of
1: transparency, like a dude like me, like I hate all that stuff, right? Like I hate putting myself out there. I'm lucky that I love the behind-the-scenes stuff, right? Like I'm lucky, like all the stuff that you and I are kind of sort of talking, the numbers and all that stuff that we're talking about right now, like I love geeking out on that all day long, right? So that can happen behind the scenes. I don't need to be, you know, like showing – or I, I could show give everybody insight into that, but I love – Like, okay, here's, okay, we're making a record. We need artwork done. Here's what it's going to take to finish the record. I need these pieces. I've got these beds. I've got these stems. I've got these, whatever, all the stuff that goes into making a record. Nobody has to see any me chasing down musicians for parts. Like nobody has to see like me organizing, like, hey, I'll pay you this much to do this or whatever the case is. Like, I've been very lucky that I can hang behind the scenes and geek out on that stuff and create, you know, without anybody having to pay attention to it. And then all of a sudden, here's the product, you know, like sick that, that, that works, you know, like, um, like, you know, I own a merchandising company. So like, nobody gets to see that, like, okay, cool. Like I can hang behind the scenes and make projections. And this is what our dollar per head should be every night. And this is how it should go. And yeah, like we're, we're projecting this based on these ticket sales. And like, dude, I don't need... Any but like I don't need any glory from that, you know what I mean? Like it's just like do the thing. So, but now again, for the sake of transparency, there's that there's that side. But then there's a side of me that loves being a musician, just loves being an artist and loves being a singer, you know. Like I've always wanted to be like an b singer. So it's like funny that that Westbound train was like my thing because I loved Jamaican music, I loved early ska, early reggae music like when I, when I found it and I found my way to it from like the punk world, you know, but even then there was always this piece of me that was just like, dude, but I I just want to sing. Like, I just want to be an R and B singer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to be, and I feel like I'm still trying to figure that side out, you know? So the, so all that to say, like, yes, there's the business, but then like there's the art and the craft that just like never dies. Like that spirit's always burning in you. So I think guys like you and I have to find the balance. Um, Because it's easy for me to just geek out on all the stuff that we're talking about, you know. Even with, like, the inevitables, it's easy for me and Vinny to geek out and go, okay, here's what's going to come with this. And here's how we want this to look. And, like, oh, like, what about this? And we're going to create this experience this way. You know what I mean? Nobody has to have any insight into that at all. And then it just happens. And then people are like, oh, that's the thing. You're showing me the thing, you know. We didn't show you the five things that went into making the thing, though. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, Interesting. Interesting stuff.
0: It is. Yeah, it is. It, you know, there, uh, you know, there's something, there's something to be said for, for having the, you know, just having this product and there it is in all its glory and it's beautiful and polished and done the way you want it. Uh, I, I enjoyed that, but I also like, I like doing the behind the scenes thing. You know, uh, I, I've always been intrigued by that. Um, I saw the, I saw the value in it a long time ago, you know, of, um, You know, what if I just flip the camera on while I'm writing this song right now? You know, like, what if I, what if I, like, get over the, you know, there's always been this mysticism, uh, when you're, when you're writing or working on a record and, you know, you want to keep it wrapped up, um, and, you know, the big bands get the leaks and stuff and, you know, it comes out two weeks early or something, um, cause people want it. And, and for me, sometimes I like, I'll be working on a song that I'm like, this is definitely going to get released at some point, but It'll be in its infancy and I'll just I'll throw it on Instagram and be like what do you think of this and I'll just do it you know yeah and to me there's some value to that um it's it's uh it sort of shows people that um that I'm a real person and yeah you know and this is just me just doing working on my craft you know here here in the in the in the back cave that's what I call it um yeah, yeah yeah that's awesome you know um so it's yeah obviously it whatever works you know whatever works for for you and, and other artists. I mean, definitely, you know, keep that up. Um, uh, when, uh, so I started my band in 95, you say you started, or it was, You say around 2001? Was this something yeah. like you guys just sort of like kind of started jamming and all of a sudden you're like, Hey, we should maybe play a show Friday and just, and just kinda, <laughs> then everybody just now, stuck around for It, it was years.
1: weird. Cause, okay. So like I graduated high school in like 99. Right. And so, like '90s when the ska boom kind of hit, I was playing like in a punk ska band in high school, and that's like where like I, I just learned a ton, right? Like I was booking shows, you know. We were putting out a, we put out a rec- our own record, uh, you know, making your own record. Like that's where I got to see everything, and it just kind of had a big impact, you know. Um, but towards the end, I knew that like I started to discover, you know, like early Jamaican music, like early ska and early reggae and all that jazz. And I knew in my head that I wanted to go in that direction. So I went to college in Boston. When I got up there, I like found like the one bass player who like knew about ska, you know, um, which was, you know, our bass player Thad. And he, he kind of got into it via like the the ska punk world as well. You know, the two-tone thing, but at heart, like dude was really like a jazz head at heart. Like he wanted to be that. That's like, that was his thing. So when we've discovered like, you know, early Scott, And we were like, oh wow, it's taking all these jazz influences and all these R and B influences. Like it was like this, this perfect, when we started really learning what it was, it was like this perfect marriage for us, you know? So like everything else, like found people, you get going. The first iteration of Westbound was kind of like, okay, cool. Like this is fun. And then you kind of go, you make a record and then you're like, oh, now we have a record." we should think about touring. Like now, now you have to like make that decision. Are we going to be a real band or are we just gonna be like the local band? And, and that sounds terrible to say it that way, but you know what I mean?
0: Honestly, like yeah.
1: every band is a real band, right? Like, mm-hmm. but you go from like, do we want to just stay local or do we want to go like to a national level? And, uh, bad was a huge influence on that too, because like we were doing doing our thing. There's cool stuff happening for us in Boston, cool stuff happening for us in New York. Um, but he was like, dude, I want to do it. He's like, if we're not going to do anything, man, I'm not going to waste my time. And like, it was on me. Like I was like, you know, early tours, like I booked all of our tours, like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's just how it went. And, uh, the transplants were playing at a venue in town and a few of us worked at this like it was, it was the Avalon before it came, became house of blues in Boston, which I know, you know, lands down street. Yeah. So, uh, Transplants were playing at the Avalon. We put out our first record on Stubborn Records, which is owned by King Django. King Django did stuff on Hellcat with Tim Armstrong. So when I met Tim, he's like, oh, I know about your record. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, I'd love to do something with your horn section. And I was like, sick, man. That's great. Like, what, what are you thinking? He's like, well, he's like, you guys want to play on a Transplants record? And that was like weird. That's so crazy that it was like, met the dude for the first time. And he's like, do you want to play on a Transplants record? And I was like, Yeah. (laughs) When is it? He's like, you guys touring anytime soon? And dude, we had no plans, no tour book, nothing. He's like, I was like, yeah, yeah. We're touring. Like, yeah. When's that, when's that session? And he told me the dates that he had for that, you know, for the transplant session. I was like, dude, that's when we're going to be in town. That's so crazy. Like, I'm just lying my face off. (laughs) You know what I mean? And he's like, all right, man. Well, he's like, Hey, like I'm on this tour. He's like, let me call you when I get back to LA. And like, And dude, I just went home and like, I told Thad, like, you know, we're in my apartment and I was like, dude, we're going to California. And he's like, that's it. He's like, yeah, that's what we got to do. And like, I was just like, all right, well, let me get like next day. Like I, I didn't go to class. I didn't like, I probably skipped like the whole next week of class and just booked our first West coast run, you know what I mean? And it was cool because a lot of shows sucked, but a lot of shows were really awesome. And we got to, be on a transplants record. So the other thing that we did when I found out we were going to do that, I was like, oh man, we need a new record. We, we need something fresh to go out there with, you know? And also to tour and try to like gain some, you know, get make some money. Um, so we made like a record in like four days. And I remember being at the session with Tim, we took a break and we started talking and he's, was like, he's like, you know, so do you have any music? What's what's up? And I was like, yeah, like we've got this new record. Yeah, of course we do. And I, I'll never forget it, man, like being in Conway Studios, like huge speakers on the wall, like sitting at the board, giving Tim the CD, you know, CD gets put in, he presses play, you know, the first song on that record is like a big drum fill with like big horns and it just like hit so hard, you know, and he was just like, Dude, we got to do something on Hellcat. And I was just like, hell yeah, yes. You know what I mean? so like all that work, you know, just paid off. Like I could have went home and been like, oh, I don't know. How, how are we going to get to California? Like, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I could have like I could have been talking to Tim and been like, no, we don't have anything planned. Like, you know, I just knew in my gut that it was an opportunity and I wanted to be on Hellcat. Like, the funny thing is, is that like the first Westbound record, we sent it to Hellcat and we got a rejection letter and we we hung up the rejection letter. in. remember rejection letters? Those oh, are yeah. the best. We hung it up in our, our bathroom in our apartment. It was awesome. So I got to, you know, every time, you know, I went and took a leak. I got to look at that thing. And, uh, you know, fast forward doing the transplant session, hanging out with Tim. That's, that's how the Hellcat thing started, you know?
0: Man. Yeah. I got chills, man. Hearing you tell the story. It's so cool, dude. I love that. Yeah, that's great. So
1: yeah, we just, we just made it happen, you know? And And that's the thing too, like even from that transplant session to the time that we actually got, you know, at that, you know, your deal memo and you finalize your deal, like that that takes a minute too. It took a long time. Yeah. It it took, you know, and that, and it took, and that I made it sound like it was a short span of time, but it also, like you, like you said before, like the band started like around 2001, it took us a few years to kick around and and make a little bit of a a tiny bit of noise on the East coast. Um, But at that point, when we went and did that session, we sold out shows in LA before we ever sold out a show in Massachusetts, in Boston, where we were from. Wow. So like, that's food for thought there. You know, that's that was like something that was like very, like mm-hmm. a big indicator for us where we were like, and, and you know who was a, a contributing factor to that too was uh, Dickie from the Boston's. Oh, right. He's like, you got to get out of your town, man.
0: <clears throat>
1: he was like, people in your town, because you're from here, they're going to hate you. But then you leave and then they love you you know what i mean kind of i'm just like makes so much sense okay you know and, and that was so true that's how it, that's how it played out I,
0: I, uh, that's another thing i tell bands all the time get out of town you know i have bands that they come up to me they're like yo what you know when we're allowed to tour they, the opening bands will, hey man how'd you guys get to where you are i'm like get out of town like stop playing here like play here once every three months and then just go don't don't ever come back you know like um, obviously come back, but it's just be on tour forever, you know, and that, mm-hmm. that was our whole thing. Is like we, you know, once we left, we left, I think it was April 26th of uh, 2006. Um, it took us 11 years to get on tour because we had no idea. I mean, we started when we were kids. We were like 14, you know. Hey, yeah. Um, But we uh, had some friends that had been on the road before. Um, we went out with this band, Rude Buddha, uh, from, um, Virginia and then a band called 33 West from DC. And they were this, uh, they were the, some of those guys were in a, in a ska band called Skylicious back in the late nineties. And, uh, I remember I had their tape cause I saw them there somewhere, somewhere there's a VHS tape of me skanking in Jenko's nice. um, at an Edgewood, uh, <laughs> ska show <laughs> and uh, yeah it was it's awful I'm just big and just, just imagine a fucking giraffe in, in jingo's <laughs> trying to skank at this ska show um <clears throat> I'm six foot six if you can't tell but, Yeah, uh, you're a tall uh, yeah yeah um so uh <laughs> um so I thought it was cool to be on tour with those guys, and it was our first tour, and what we did was we broke it up into uh three sections basically we went on tour for six weeks um in 2006 spring to, to like april to june spring to summer and um we broke it up and uh they this you know one guy from from root took a section of the country i took a section of the country and one guy from uh Through, through west took, took another and we ended up getting i mean we went everywhere like midwest like up to uh, we did Detroit and like over down to Texas and Florida. I mean, we're kind of all over the place. We never made it to West coast. That was in the fall. We, we finally made it West coast, but, um, yeah, it was just one, you know, once we did it, it was like immediate. Like I knew it was like, this is exactly what we have to be doing. Um, you know, we should, we should have been doing this a long time ago, but let's just go. And then we just never looked back. There were times where I mean, you know, we'd be gone for months. <laughs> like I, I didn't have a family. I didn't, you know, I got two kids and a, and a soon to be wife now. It's like, but we, I mean, even with my kids, I mean, my son is 10 years old and so he's, they've grown up with this. I have a 10 and six year old and they've grown up with this. So, you know, I've been gone, you know, six to eight months out of their lives, you know, a, a year. Yeah. Um, and back then, man, it was just like, I remember we tore with this band called the B Foundation. I mean, we did like four months, like, <laughs> like just crazy. And just back then it's like, it was all about just making, <clears throat> making friends, you know, hitting that MySpace every day, getting in that DM and just hitting people back, mm-hmm. <clears throat> keeping those numbers up and, you know, and then just where's the beer, you know? Where's yeah, the exactly. yeah. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, man. That That's how you do it. You you make friends with other bands and you go to their town and you do show swaps. You bring them back to them, to your town. You put them in front of your crowd. Um, and then you just, you keep doing that. And, you know, and it takes time, but you got to put in the work, you know? It does, man. It takes time. And, you know, and it doesn't matter. Like, you never, you just, you just never, you just
1: never, ever stop working. You know? And like the older I get the more I realize that like the things that I want to be doing, you know, cause like I'm 38 years old. Right. So like, uh, actually 39. <laughs> so the, you, you get to this point, where you have this realization where you're like, Oh man, the, what got me here, like the first 40 years of my life, you know, and like very lucky to be able to do creative things, you know, to take care of your family and do all the things that you have to do. Um, are not going to be the same things that are going to get me through the next 40 years, dude. Cause like things change and you evolve as a person. And like, for me, like the big thing is, um, you know, I was talking to a friend about this the other day. Is like, I just want to figure out how to be like a champion. I want to figure out how to champion people like in their courage for creativity, you know? So like everyone talks about it, you know, creativity, like it's this, it's this myth. It's just like this, I'm not creative. Or, but the reality is that we're all creative people. We all have ideas. We're all problem solvers. Creativity in and of itself is just problem solving. That That's all it is. And some people are better problem solvers than other people. You know what I mean? The way you say something in a song, you know, you're trying to communicate. The way you're going to communicate, you're solving, you know, hey, how do I say that? How do I say this in such a way that evokes emotion or whatever the case is? Um, and that's happening all around us all the time. So creativity is happening all the time. And like the older I get, the more I just want to share that with people. The more I just want to be like, no, dude, like you don't understand. Like there's this thing you want to do, like go do it because you are creative. Like it actually just requires a lot of courage. It's not the creativity part you have to worry about. It's the courage part that you have to worry about. You know what I mean? And, and, yes. and that's also like for myself, like, you know, there's things that I've been sitting on for forever, you know, like I've got this project that I want to do. Um, I'm just like I'm just here spilling the beans with you, man. So comfortable. That's what it's what's all but about. But <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's pro- a project I want to do called Ruby Nights for like forever, and it's like it's that R and B thing, you know what I mean? And um, it's taken me such a long time to just not care about like oh well, Westbound was this, or I'm supposed to be this, or like whatever. It takes a long time to get the point. where It's like now, like this is what I want to do, so I'm going to take a step. You know, so, you know, sitting on songs, definitely sitting on songs. And I'm just like, like you said earlier, people are going to hear this one day, but I know that once I, I start letting people hear it, I'm going to want to like put some sort of motion and machine behind it. So I'm just like, you're almost scared of that too, because you can't just do it for the hell of it. You know what I mean? You gotta, it's got to do something. Um, and some of us are just wired that way. If right? like you want to see it move the needle or, or hit a certain point. So yeah, man, like where I'm at in life, you know, and which is why I love, why we get to do the and how we do the inevitables, you know, um, it's that, that journey of creativity, dude, it's not just about music anymore. It's about this, like creative philosophy. It's about, it's about productivity. And it's about like the challenge of like moving something from point a to point F, you know, forget about BC and D right now. I know we have to hit those steps along the way, but like, I know I'm going to hit BC and D. Like there's no doubt in my mind I'm gonna hit B, C, and D. I'm, I, but I'm focused on F, and when I get to F, I'm gonna focus on M. You know what I mean? And then finally move it all the way down to Z. So that that you know that's just how my brain works. You know. <clears throat> I,
0: I love that. I feel like we have a lot of the same, uh, you know, approach to everything. I I I give you know, whatever I do, I I don't have enough things to do. I always create new things. I have to create. Like, I I realized that a long time ago. I was like, you know, when I'm not happy when I'm not doing something creative. Um, if I get in a, in a funk, if I get depressed, Mm. you know, it's like, uh, I'm like, I need to make something, you know, I, I need to, you know, write a song and I'll get depressed or, or upset because I get stuck. I get hung up writing a song. Then it's like, I need to make a YouTube video. You know, I should do another podcast episode. I, I did it the other day. Like, you know, it was the same thing. It was like, man, I, I was, I was like, <laughs> I was drinking all weekend with friends because we, we drank like four days in a row. I never do that anymore. I'm I just, i 40 years old, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and you know, being off the road, it's like, it helps too. I don't have to drink every night, but, um, yeah, but like, you know, Halloween, it was good times. I did, I played a set, you know, last Friday at my buddy's block party, that kind of stuff. But, um, and I just felt shitty every day, just like, Ugh, you know, and then start getting depressed and just, uh, I was like, I'm just gonna, I gotta turn the camera on and just talk about stuff. And by the end of it, I felt better. It was kind of like therapeutic, you know? Yeah. It was like talking to a, a therapist, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people get, uh, inhibited by their fear of, um, you know, judgment from other people and, you know, what, what they're going to think, you know, and it, I think most people are, are affected by that. And, and as you said, like, I do believe we're, we, there's something special about all of us. There's like, we're all, we all have something cool and special that we can do, you know, and we live in a time now where you can monetize that and, and live off of that as opposed to, doing some, some job that, that you just hate, you know, Yeah, man. Um, you know, I could look, I can talk about tech and computers and phones and stuff all day long, but I don't want to go work at Best Buy, you know, I don't Mm want to be an Apple genius, you know, but, you know, so, so I, I, I know that like when I, when I create something, I make a, you know, create a podcast or write an album or something, I'm going full force, and I'm just out to create, you know, long, long-term, uh, revenue streams, you know, things that, you know, with a song, like I look at it as like an asset, you know, it's, it's, a, uh, it's like putting your money in the stock market, for example. It's like, put your money to work for you. Well, put your songs to work, put your creativity to work, do the work Absolutely. one time, write a song, put it out. And now it's like, I have songs that are like putting money in my pocket and the, and the guys in my band in their pocket, uh, you know, from 20 years ago, you know, um, it's just, I, I I, I try to push that on the show as much as possible. Like you, you can do these things. It takes time. And some people are going to want to fold and, and tap out, uh, because it gets frustrating, but you know, if it's frustrating and, and you're like hating it, then you didn't love it to begin with. So do something that you love, you know, luckily for me, it's music and making things, but yeah, man. I, I just I just wish more people would would find that about themselves. And the older I get, you know, I I do realize those things and I feel even better. Like it was weird turning 30, you know, but that was cool. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then people were like, ah, oh, forty. I was like, I feel great, dude. I feel I feel twenty eight, you know, like yeah, I'm, man. I'm doing what I love, man.
1: Exactly. I agree. I agree. It's the same. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm more creative now. Well, just because you just you just have a better understanding of how it works and you have a better understanding of of not only what you want to accomplish but the how and that that makes life um you know a lot easier and i think uh for me so i mentioned earlier like my wife is an entrepreneur right she owns her own business she's a professional organizer right but she's hella creative like so even being around that like watching her run her business like talking about ideas or working on a project around the house. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, I'm around it all the time. Like I appreciate that part of our relationship so much because like, you know, and I probably don't tell her as often as I should, but like, it's a, it's a huge inspiration because we're problem solving. Like, you know what I mean? And like that productivity happens and you're like, Oh yeah, that's what it feels like to get it done. You know what I mean? So you're just like, okay, cool. You know? And and I think that we have to find those rhythms for ourselves so that those things, um, you know, constantly, uh, are happening. They're not that. you know, the creativity and productivity don't just happen. They're disciplines. You just got to keep, keep practicing, you know? So whether you stop, you know, where you spend, whether you spend 20 minutes a day with yourself, just jotting down ideas, uh, whether you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to take the next 15 minutes and just focus on a melody. bam. you know, if that's happening all the time, those disciplines are happening all the time. If, if you take a look at the end of your week, you know, it's, it's Wednesday right now. Come Sunday, you probably have like 15 great things to work off of, you know? And then you might go, I did 15 things, but these two things are rad. So I'm going to get rid of the other, you know, 13. And I'm going to hang here because I've got something here. You know, and it's just like, if that's happening all the time, like I said, if the needle's moving forward every day, you're like, oh man, we just did this. Well, what about this? And what about this, you know? What I mean? it's, it's that discipline, dude.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's a craft, man, and you, you got to keep working on it all the time. Um, and uh, just you know, songwriting—you know—that's something that God, I've been doing that since I was twelve years old. I think I wrote my first mm-hmm. song, um, pretty bad, but pretty good too, yeah. you know, for what it was. Yeah, um, yeah man. <clears throat> when I, uh, I I produce bands and I've been getting the mixing and stuff, like I've been mixing a lot of our stuff lately and uh, some other bands and like when i when i just like anything else when i approach it uh, i i'm i want to be present i give it a, you know 200 and i know that like i'm you know it's not it's not my band or whatever but i'm still i'm helping create this thing so like i want to make sure that it's got all the the bells and whistles that my own stuff would have i want to make bands sound amazing you know really reach their full potential um and i don't know just the love of it man that I, I love <clears throat> i love being involved and in, and in, in, as i said like just creating and, and making stuff. i don't know there there's a passion there um yeah if, if you're not passionate about something you, you probably shouldn't do it you know and that's why i always stress again about the job thing like You know, you're not, if you do not like this job, I mean, I understand maybe it's, it's got benefits and you're paying the bills and stuff, but like, what else can you do? What do you really want to do? Like, what do you do at 5 PM? Like, do you, can you come home and and, and start working on your thing? Or maybe you got kids, you know, okay, do that. Nine o'clock, you put them in bed. Like, what are you doing? It's like, don't Netflix, like work on the thing. And eventually it will, it can turn into something. And I'm just, I'm just a big, big pusher for that stuff. Sometimes yeah, I get annoying. I, I love how Gary now. V
1: talks about patience Yeah, because it's so true. Totally. And uh, it, it's patient. And as as you were talking and as, as like in, in this conversation, like I'm just kind of thinking through like, like right now, yeah. Like we're giving this, this kind of broad, big picture, but like there's all this foundational and philosophical stuff that is in the underbelly. You know what I mean? Like if you ever see that picture of like the iceberg where it's like, the tip of the iceberg out of the water. You know what I mean? And, and it shows you everything underneath. Yep. It's like, it, it's, it's the same thing with everything we're talking about, because like you might have a philosophy of how to get something done that works for you. Right. Because part of it, um, I don't know if you're an Enneagram guy, if you, if you're not an Enneagram, it's like a personality test, but um, it's pretty solid. It's not like um, like the other ones. Um, so it uses these like number, this number system and it's pretty spot on. Uh, so like I'm a four. Um, so thing about being a four is individuality is really important. So even like my friends, like it's important that like the people around me are individuals, That I feel like that, you know, it's like, Hey, are you being yourself? Like, are you, are you, you know, are you secure? Are you like, you know, I I love, I love me being an individual, but I love the people around me being individuals as well. You know what I mean? Interesting. Because then that's, you get all these different, uh, you know, thoughts and, and people can be themselves and they can say it without worrying about stuff. And and that's when the good stuff happens, you know, when you're collaborating, especially, but the point is, uh, is, is that there's all this like philosophy and there's all this practice that we don't ever get to talk about. And, and so people are, might be listening to this and they're like, oh man, those, those guys are just hungry. Like those guys are just like, they're just wired a certain way. It's like, yeah, but like the the thing is the secret sauce is is that we figured out how to fix it for ourselves, and that that process is what has allowed us to do what we've done. Because I didn't watch what you did, or I didn't watch what my friends did. I learned from that, but I learned that the secret sauce was figuring out how to fix it for me, so that it could be successful for me on a day to day. You know what I mean? Like work, even like working with Vinny on music and and comics and and, and all that stuff, like. He's got a philosophy that I recognize is his. And I love that because it allows me to then bring my philosophy into it. And I'm not trying to be like him. He's not trying to be like me. And we both uh, attack these problems with these two perspectives that we're just going to be open-minded about, you know what I mean? So even more creativity, even more problem solving comes from it. But I would let people know like, and, and, it, the secret sauce, dude, is just, is you figuring out how it works for you, you know? Cause if you have that job that you hate, you might need that job that you hate, dude. That's, that's how you pay for groceries. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So for yourself, what then needs to happen so that two, three, five years from now, you're not, you're not at that job. You know what I'm saying? Um,
0: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Gary V talks a lot, talks a lot about uh, reverse engineering. Sort of like looking at the end result and saying, okay, how do I, what are the points to get there? Go backwards. Yeah. And, you know, what do I need to do? You know, it's like, uh, I could, I could make it a, a music, I guess, analogy here. Um, you know, with, if there's an artist that I want to work with, you know, that's, uh, you know, one of my favorite artists, let's say, or maybe I want to have Nick Hexham on my podcast from 311 cause they're one of my favorite bands from when I was a kid. Um, or maybe I want to go on tour with 311. So we did that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but you, we put ourselves on the path to make that happen. It wasn't like some, like there was, it wasn't a quite a serendipitous thing. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think with like, I think luck is like, I think you kind of create luck, right? Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. a, there's a, you have to create opportunities for yourself to, and windows to, to get in, even if it's small, you know? Um, and so me just sitting here, you know, you know just playing shows in, in Maryland, you know, and not doing anything, not maybe not putting out records, things like that, that's probably not going to get me on tour with one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. But if I, uh, you know, if I go on tour, if I lay the groundwork, if I start building, building my scene and, and building my audience, um, and then eventually start reaching out. Uh, to, to people's management or, uh, uh, reach out to, I mean, you know, Chad Sexton, the drummer for 3, 311 actually mixed one of our songs from one of our albums years ago. Um, wow. that sort of opened that up a little bit and, you know, it's these, it's these little things along the way. Um, and then, and then eventually, uh, I guess 311's management kind of, you know, maybe with having worked with their people before I don't know, they kind of saw what we were doing and they gave us a shot they say hey you want to open some shows you know and like you know that that wouldn't have happened if we sort of just kind of sat on our hands or, or just went well i don't know what to do you know it's like do something you know um you have to have a there's got to be that fire in there you know and you know i i worked at a I worked at a restaurant, you know, I worked a bunch of, you know, uh, warehouse jobs. I was driving forklifts and, you know, loading trucks and stuff. I did that for years, man, you know. Um, And I I worked at a restaurant, I was bartending and serving and um, I hated it. I hated doing that job, but it was Mm -hmm. the only job that would let me go away and and come back. And I I still think, (laughs) Olive Tree in Aberdeen, Maryland, exit 85, you got to go. Awesome, (laughs) awesome crab cakes and pasta. Um, They took care of me, you know, they let me come back and they were really cool about it other jobs wouldn't let me do that. In fact, I got fired from a couple jobs because ori- originally they said, "Yeah, that's fine." Then I came back, they're like, "Oh, no, I'm sorry. We can't have you leaving." I'm like, "Okay." Um I didn't quit my job until, you know, 7 years ago. And that that is that was 20 I don't know. Almost yeah, almost 20 years into end up being a musician you know what i mean like at that point yeah it just it takes a long time you have to have the patience but you have to have the drive to want to keep going and believe in it so much and you have to have the passion you have to love it you know as i said before so yeah it, you know you kind of what you said a few minutes ago yeah what what can you do to get out of that job that you do need at this moment flip it to where you don't need it anymore you know, yeah. you gotta,
1: gotta I work. like to call it, get in motion, like getting in motion, you know, like you just got to be in motion. You gotta, you gotta be moving towards the thing, you know, kind of go, go along with what you were saying about like creating your own luck, you know, like if you're not in motion, if you're not moving towards the goal, then like, yeah, like stuff can't happen, you know, but if, if you are, you know, that's, that's when the good stuff you could you can, you have a different perspective. You have, you know, you can look at it from a different angle. You can see it from a different view. But yeah, dude, it's funny. I remember like, so when we first went out to LA and I was telling you about that transplants thing, I was working at H&M and like, they wanted to make me like a manager, you know what I mean? And I remember like going to my boss and being like, Hey, like I got to go on tour, but I'll be back and like, whatever. And like, you know, and she like put her foot down, you know, she's like, gave me this whole big speech. She's like, look, we're considering you for this. And this is a great opportunity. And like, you know, it's a take it or leave it kind of whatever, blah, 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 blah you know, so what are you going to do? Like totally like trying to strong arm me a bit, you know? And I was like, I'm going to leave. Like, that's, <laughs> See you later. Like, Hey man, like, thank you. But uh, uh, like, I, I got to figure this thing out. I gotta, you know, if I don't, if I don't go figure this thing out, I don't, I don't ever want to live the rest of my life going, well, what, what if, what if I had gone? What if I had left? You know, that's the you worst know? thing. It could but happen. it's, it's funny. It's funny how that goes, man. And, but again, like I said before, there, there's, you're, you're, you get in motion and you start to build your philosophy around everything. You start to build your practices. You start to recognize, you know, some people recognize it sooner than later uh, than others. I wish I would recognize it much sooner. Like, hey, this is a discipline. And you know what I wish that, you know, when I, I kind of touch on regret, I just wish I had more fun. I was always so focused on like, oh, well, we got to do this and it's got to do this and it's got to be like this and we got to get to this place and you know, and, and I'm really grateful too, that I did have a band where I had people in my band, like, so Gideon who played Keys in Westbound, one of my best friends, you know, I love him to death. He's definitely, you know, a brother, you know, he's a guy who, who kind of enjoyed that like TM kind of part of everything. You know what I mean? He's a guy who like was looking at, okay, like Hey, this is what this costs and you know so you start to develop those pieces in your band that you need to get from point a to point b but in that we we were, we're both very like similar in the sense of like we want to get you know him more than me we want to get stuff done but like i do wish i could go back and just have a little bit more fun you know what i mean like when you're that guy who's like you know the guy in the band whether you're the you're the primary songwriter and you're dealing with like the business stuff and you're trying to, you know, sometimes it's hard to just stop and have fun. Like, I wish I could have, you know, caught certain moments where I'm just like, holy crap. Cause dude, I was a kid who grew up in Newark, New Jersey, you know, right. And then I moved to like the burbs eventually. Um, you know, my parents worked really hard. Um, I, I, you know, I wasn't the kid who like, w- you know, got to do like the Florida vacations Like, you know, I I never thought I was going to leave New Jersey. You know what I mean? So to be playing a festival in, you know, Granada, you know, or like, or or like in Spain or Switzerland or, you know, the fact that like music took me around the world, like, man, what a a privilege that is, you know, what a gift. I wish though I I could have just like kind of chilled a bit and just had a little bit more fun to be like, oh, dude, like I'm hanging out in Switzerland right now. Like that's wild. That's you know point. what I mean? Versus like, oh man, we're, we're in Switzerland today, but we got to catch this commuter flight. Cause we got to go play this show in Spain. We got to go, you know what I mean? Oh, um, exactly. We mean, yeah, that, that would be like my only thing. That'd be like the thing that, I, that's the besides fix it for yourself and build your philosophy. I would also want people to know to like, have fun doing it. So that is exactly what I'm trying to even do now more with like the inevitable stuff that we're doing. And and these projects, like I'm, I'm just trying to enjoy it. Man. I'm trying to have fun with it, you know. And um
0: now's the time, you know. Like you, you have nothing else to focus on. i i I mean, you have family and stuff, but like as far as the yeah. business, it's like, you know, you you can't tour, so it's like, man, well, that frees up some time. Because I know there's definitely like things that you know, there's a lot of things that I couldn't do that I can't do from the road, like produce bands yeah. and things, and that, that's fun to really get into that and. um yeah, I've always been the type, uh, you know, I can't remember a lot of times where I was like, oh, I wish I was doing this, you know, like kind of thing. I I've always had that just like I don't care. Like I'll sit on MySpace for for 10, ten hours, you know what I mean? I'll just do the thing and um I'm happy just sitting here. Like a lot of times, like I'll get I'll wake up at the hotel on tour. I get up early. Sometimes hit the gym. Been really shitty about that lately. Um, (laughs) And and uh, I I love leaving the hotel room, get a shower, uh, leave the hotel room, and then go down to the lobby with all my stuff and just pull out the laptop, throw my buds, and just work with a cup of coffee. I love doing that. Um, You know, there's definitely times where uh, you know we're in some cool city or some cool, uh, area. And, you know, we got to take out, take off like right away, you know, you don't get time to really explore and and check things out. Um, there's probably many times, there probably have been many times where, you know, the family's taken a backseat. I know for a fact, you know, and it was all in the name of just trying to make this thing happen. And, um, you know, I'm finally at a point where, you know, I'm, I'm not anywhere near rich or anything like that, but, uh, I can support the family with, with what I do creatively, no need for a regular job, you know, for the last seven years now, but even the last few years, it's just gotten, you know, like five years ago, it was still kind of scary, you know, but just things have gotten better. Um, and it's the result of having done all that work. And, you know, I, I try to, give the family more attention. Um even though it always seems like I'm I have to do something, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um but I just feel like I can't stop, you know. And it's like that it's probably a good and a bad thing. Um there is a moment where you do have to like All right man, I'm going to I'm going to chill. I'm gonna, I'm going to hit sit here watch a movie with the kids, you know. Yeah man, you know, or just take some time for yourself, like, you know, that's not this. Um play a video game. I don't know, do something, but yeah, yeah, it's wild. I knew, I knew that like
1: when I got married, I was going to have to pay. Like it, it, I had, I had to focus, you know, uh, on being married. Like my wife was touring with us, you know, and I remember like, I remember 2009 warp tour being on the bus in Atlanta and our booking agent came out to the show and our manager and I remember we were all sitting on the bus, you know, we had a new record come out, we were on Warp Tour. As soon as Warp Tour wrapped, we were going to Europe. As soon as Europe wrapped, we had a U.S. tour planned, you know? So like, I knew I had to finish that stuff, but when we started talking in that conversation, like, you know, we were like, okay, this is this album cycle. When do you guys want to write another record? And so, okay, cool, we'll write another record and then we'll shoot for a blah, 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 blah. And before you know it, you're in 2012. You know what I'm saying? Like you're just sitting there, just like it's it's. You're like, oh my gosh! And I remember like looking at my wife at the time, being like, "Hey, like, there's stuff you want to do too, right? You know what I mean? Like, there's stuff you want to get done." And you know, her being awesome, she's like, "Well, whatever you want to do, like, I'll I'll follow you wherever you want to go." You know what I mean? And I'm just like, "That's amazing. That's that's beautiful." But I know there's stuff you want to do.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's a there's piece of me that was always like, you know. I, I should I should go home and figure out how to be married. You know what I mean? Like, I've watched so many of my friends have kids and be on the road and do it and, you know, and all sorts of things happen. And I, I just knew that if I was going to have any success at it, I, I needed to go home and figure out how it happened. And in the beginning, like, you know, it was, it was tough because I, to, I would have to leave a little bit, you know, and then to finally you make that decision where you're just like, being home is just super important, you know, and kids, like kids even, you know, change the whole thing. You know? Um, I remember like being on the road when my daughter was like two and just her being like, okay, cool. So you're coming home tonight. I'm like, no, like dad's not coming home for like another, you know, 14 days. Like, yeah. like so it, it, there, those things that for me, I knew that I, I had, I needed to figure out what the next thing was because family just it was it was going to be important, you know, and, you know, being home and being able to be creative and pandemic happening, you know, has been a blessing in disguise too. Um, Cause I mean, I, ha- I haven't been touring the way other guys have been touring for the past however many years now, but like, dude, I love being home. You know, I love bedtime, you know, I love dinner. I love all these little things that like that you get to be a part of and you get to see, you know? Um But again, it just forces me, to get more creative and like, okay, this is, I love this. How do I keep this and do this other thing too? You know? So it's hard, man. And so the people that are out there doing it, like, dude, I give them a ton of props, man. Cause it's not, it's not easy.
0: You know? <clears throat> yeah. 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 I'm, I'm quite enjoying being home as well. <laughs> <I'll say. laughs> um, it's It's been great. Yeah. And we were just having a conversation actually before the show today this morning, uh, my uh future wife and i um <clears throat> how uh you know the, i wouldn't be able to be be able to do what i'm doing without her yeah man you know and you have to recognize hey, that man. and sometimes you know i i even may you know as grateful and appreciative as i am for for everything and i i try to be embrace more of that as i get older but you know, sometimes, yeah, you forget, you know, things happen constantly and you sort of lose sight of things. And the the important thing is, you know, the family first and, uh, you know, it can get, it can get a, it can get tied up with, well, you know, if I, if my family wants to survive, I gotta be able to do this thing, you know, and where do you draw the line? You know, um, I saw weird Al talking one Mm -hmm. time on an interview uh about you know when he's creating when he's working it doesn't look like he's working he's he's like you know my kids come in and they're young and they don't understand daddy's working but i'm just like this you know like (laughs) just sitting here in in the chair at the desk in the office just like this you know like it's like, well, you're just sitting there. It's like, well, no, I'm, I'm working. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm working things out, you know, I'm creating, mm-hmm. and you know, that happens a lot. You know, I'm like, dad, hold on, baby. I'll be, I'll be right there. Just hold on. You know, and the, she's like, you're ridiculous. You know, like, <laughs> you look insane, you know, you're not doing shit. Come over here and play with me. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird life that, that the kids didn't ask for. Um, you know, but they've been super cool about it. And, um, ultimately I know they appreciate what I do. Um, you know, my son, he's, he's hilarious. He, he's like, my friends at school, uh, think we're famous and rich. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm like, well, we're not. Um, but, uh, that's cool. And he, he's like proud, you know, I can tell he's like proud. Um, Absolutely, man.
1: Dad's doing his thing.
0: Yeah. And, and, and really what's, what's funny that what you just said there, like it, it's, it, it made me think when I started realizing that I was like, huh, this kid is watching me, you know? And then my daughter's watching me. It's like, mm-hmm. I want them to see, you know, the thing, the very things that I'm, you know, talking about and pushing all the time is like that this stuff is possible. You know, it's, it's possible to, to do the thing you want to do, you know, but you have to work for it. You got to focus and really be driven and passionate for, you know, about the thing that you're, you're chasing. Um, and it can happen. And I just love that You know, just like you and your wife out, uh, your kids see two entrepreneurs going for it constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I want them to see that, that work ethic and I want them to hopefully embrace and have that work ethic. Um, Yeah. I I I think it's, I think it's important, man. I I don't know. They ultimately, they can do whatever they want to do, you know? Um, I just, I'll support them. Uh, but I just, I don't want them to, you know, be the, the, the kid that gets told they can do whatever they want when they get older. And all of a sudden it's like, you can do like five things, you know, and they're all like (laughs) trades or something, you know?
1: (laughs) But that's the thing, dude, that's the thing about like being parents, right? Like they're going to have to fix it for themselves. Like it's not our responsibility, like, all we can do is build a solid foundation, right? All we can do is build a solid foundation and build a solid home, right? Because you, I don't care who you are, and we can put this in the touring analogy, like music analogy, you got to always be able to come home, right? Yeah. Like, if you think about that, there's so many songs written about home, you know, like, and, and and sometimes when you're on tour, like, there's nothing like coming home, you know what I mean? Like, you need you need to regroup, you need to whatever it is. So... Solid foundation, gotta always be able to come home. And uh, yeah, like, and, and that's that's all you can really count because whatever decisions they make, whatever, it, they have minds, man. They're gonna make their own decisions, like, you know? Um, and, you know, it's like something even like, between like me and like my mom, like, you know, I grew up with a single mom kind of deal, right, like, so like, she's not responsible for all of it. They're my decisions. Like, you know, at, at one point she had to be done, like, you know if people say like oh well like uh, the job of a parent is never done like no but it kind of is you know like there's there's aspects to it sure that, that is never done but there's a lot of it that is done like you know they're going to make their own decisions and they've got to learn how to live with their own decisions and they've got to deal with consequences and like you know what i mean and like um yeah it, it's all again foundational man and it's all philosophical like what do you really believe like how do you really believe life works you know, cause what, that's what we're teaching our kids like to, to tie it back into everything that we're talking about. We're, we what we're teaching our kids is this is how dad believes life works. This is how we believe, um, we're going to be quote unquote successful, right? Because success is relative. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, that, that's exactly what, like, what do we believe that that's what we're constantly showing our kids.
0: You know, you gotta,
1: from the littlest thing. Well, well, dad, you said, I can't say that, but you said that (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) to, you know, to the big things of like, of like, Oh, when lead by examples, when this happens or this big thing happens, or when, you know, you got to fix this in the house or whatever the case is like, this is what we believe is how we get it done. Like, this is what we do. Um, Um, so that's what we're constantly teaching our kids is is just what we believe.
0: Yeah. We, uh, you know, we, we took our kids to, uh, to a, a, a black lives matter rally back. in, you know, when all this stuff started going down early this year, um, you know, we wanted one of them to see what it's all about, you know, and, uh, let, let, you know, uh, you, uh, you had people on the mic for a couple hours, you know, just talking about their struggles and, and why, you know, why yeah. they feel the way they feel and hearing the stories, you know, there's mm-hmm. a, there's like a 80 year old man, telling his story yeah. living in this very County, you know, just all the, all the awful things that happened to him and his family, you know? Oh. Um, and it's like, you know, the, the, those things, you know, and, and gay people getting married and, and uh, mm-hmm. just equality all around and just, you know, not having that sort of, I feel like that stuff is taught, man, that, that bias it's like taught and whether it's directly or indirectly, you know, just seeing, seeing your dad say the things he says, you know, um, mm-hmm. about somebody, uh, they learn from that stuff. And, you know, I, I made a post about that, you know, when this is all going down, I was like, you know, racism is taught, be a better parent. And, mm. and people are like, you know, everybody's agreeing, you know, like, yeah, like totally, there wasn't anybody like pushing back, but there were a couple of people that were like, well, you know, uh, the basically saying it's it's not always about parenting and i was like no it is it's like my kids <laughs> my kids you know my kids are going to spend the first you know 14 15 years of their lives with me you know mm-hmm. n- you know before they're really going out into the world that is exactly the time where they need to be learning all of these values um and sort of laying the foundation for who they're going to be, the type of person they're going to (laughs) be and their beliefs. And it's like, we try to, you know, I like to think that I have a pretty balanced approach, you know, I'm probably, you know, I'm I'm definitely more left, but like, it's, it's pretty balanced. I'm not extreme by any means, um, left or right. And it's just kind of like, I just want my kids to just be good to others and don't hurt anyone and, and, let people live, man. It's you know, and 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 then also uh, have the give them the tools to to deal with you know bullies and 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 all the bad things that come our way because life's going to happen, you know. Amen. And it's just like just just trying to you know, parenting is is crazy. It's like the weirdest thing ever, you know. And you're trying to build a person, you know, trying to make a a, a person that's going to function properly in society and hopefully in harmony. And it's like, it's scary. Sometimes you're like, what am I doing? Like that one thing I said, or that one thing I did, how's it going to affect them? Is it yeah. going to affect them forever <laughs> or
1: later? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And then, and I think guys like us have like so much growing to do. Right. Cause like totally. you, you spend so many years on the road doing knucklehead things, you know, who I was on the road, you know, 20 years ago is not who I am today. No, you know, and the last thing any human being wants to be judged on is like their mistakes. You know what I mean? Like you hope that we grow and we evolve. And then to the point of like what you just made is like, dude, yeah, it gets, it gets super heavy because you're like, okay, I've got to, I've got to, yeah, like I've got to pour into this person. And so every decision that you make And every, you know, how they watch me love their mom and and how they watch me go to work and how they watch me, you know, make music or whatever it is. Everything is just being scrutinized. And my wife and I always say it, too. We're like, hey, there's going to be something that they're going to come to us with. Like, there's going to be something that they're going to be like, hey, dad, when you did this, you know. In back in you know November of 2020, and you know like I was seven years old, and I get that like I'm 19 now, but when you did this, I remember that specific day. Like, dude, it really messed with me. Like, what was that all about? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the trick to and this is what my wife and I talk about, and and what we believe is you just have to be willing to listen. Like, whatever you do, it's not about getting defensive. It's not about defending your parenting. It's about listening and just being ready to be empathetic and just be like, I had no idea. So sorry. You know what I mean? Um, because like you want to have, again, home's gotta be a safe place that you come back to, dude. Yeah. You know? So if I start defending stuff, home's not safe anymore. You know, if I start justifying stuff, home's not safe anymore. So, um, yeah, that's like the wild thing to think about. And like, you would have asked me however many years ago, being in a band going on tour, like that this is where my head would be. Like, I'd be like, you're out of your mind. Like, I'm not, I'm not supposed to get married. Like I'm <laughs> supposed fan, to play music man. forever. <laughs> I'm not supposed to like getting married, and having family just gets in the way. Like, what are you talking about? I'm not supposed to have any of those things. I'm supposed to just be, I'm supposed to still be on tour. Yeah. I'm supposed to still be doing, you know what I mean? Like it, it's wild. It's really, really wild, man.
0: Yeah. I, I, everything was in the way, you know, back then <laughs> everything was in the way. It was, you know, uh, I I was losing, breaking up with girls and, um, you know, losing jobs and, um, you know, everything was in the way. I, I didn't want to go to school, you know, um, I finished high school, but I, I did two semesters of college just to try to make my grandmother happy. But, you know, yeah. I fucking hated it. I was like, I this see waste of money. I should have bought up four track, you know, like this is yeah. what I should have done with that money. And, um, yeah, uh, I, don't know, I love how you said the way you, you love their mother. Like I, I, man, I'm like always like hugging and kissing on Danielle. It's like, and then to the point where my daughter's like kind of weird about it now, she's like, stop it. You get one kiss. That's it. Like, <laughs> no more. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, don't you want this? I'm, I'm loving your mom. Like, this is what we do. I want you guys to be in a loving household. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My daughter, my six year old <laughs> gives me shit for it. It's like super weird. I don't know. Cool, man. Um, so uh man, this hour flew by, dude. It's crazy. True. Um true. Let let we me get there. into we the inevitables there. thing real quick because uh first off, the Westbound train stuff is great. Like your voice Thank is you. awesome and uh I love like the slapback delay. You guys do that sixties reggae really well. The sixties ska you, thing. It sounds awesome, dude. Um, but uh the the West I mean the uh the the inevitables thing is um little heavier, more modern approach, uh, ska punk reggae thing. Um, I know, you know, Vinny's the sort of the, one of the masterminds here. Uh, I love that you guys are doing like a comic book and, um, did some animated stuff as well. Right. It's coming a little bit. Yeah. Like we got some animated videos coming soon. So cool, man. Um, and th- it's kind of like a, like an all-star thing. Like, you've, I mean, you've got, um, Matt Appleton and, Billy Cottage, you know, the real big fish and interrupters. And I mean, how many people are in the band?
1: Uh, I mean, so you've got, yeah, you've got myself, you've got Vinny, you've got Alex. So the three of us, you know, kind of songwriters, main songwriters, main creators. Um, and then you've got Matt Appleton, like you said, doing horns. And then you've got Billy Cottage, uh, John DeDominici from bomb the music industry and Jeff Rosenstock band who I love. Um, and then you've got uh, Sean Paul from Nightmares for a Week on the vocals, who also mixed the record, which I give him a ton of props for his whole approach. The sounds cool awesome. thing about having Sean uh, Sean Paul mix this record mm-hmm. is that he's not a ska punk or reggae dude at all. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like the sounds he went for and like the tones that he like, guitars just sound massive on the record. Yes, like, yes. I, I love I love the way he approached it, and I think it. I think that it was the the perfect thing to do. And I think it also sets us apart a little bit, even musically. So yeah, you've got all those dudes who play in all those bands and like, we were shocked that they all said yes to be being a part of it, you know, stoked on it. And uh, yeah, I think Vinny, Vinny and I have been friends for a long time. I think the way I've, I've described it is between musically Vinny, myself and Alex, it's just like the perfect funnel. You know, Alex is like this musical encyclopedia who like draws from, you know, The Smiths and The Cure and Bell and Sebastian, but also is really knowledgeable about, he plays in Big D in the kids' table, so he's really knowledgeable about the ska punk thing, but also really knowledgeable about reggae and old ska too. He's just, he knows like everything. Like he's just that guy. So, you've, you know, the three of us are just, there's a lot of trust and uh, we each get to kind of come at each other, you know, no holds barred and do what's best for the song. It's never personal. You know what I mean? So the funnel is just, it's a great, it's a great mix.
0: That's a good workflow.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up about the the mixing and the sound of it, because yeah, that's the first thing I noticed is like, wow, this sounds really good. Like everything, you know, the guitars, the drums, it's got that full, like major label sound, you know, like the, the guy did a great job on that mix. Um yes. yeah, I'm
1: really glad I'm, I'm really glad I went there. I know some people were like kind of like, "Oh, it's like too slick, it's too slick." But I'm nah. like, "You know what, man? Like nah. and it was fun for me cuz I was always trying to make records that like sounded old, that were like vintage-sounding records. So to get a chance to make why 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 would you not go for it? Yeah, You know, especially like in a pandemic like the just given the circumstance that we're in, like why would you not go for like big
0: slick sounding.
1: And whatever, it's preference. Like it's all good, but I'm stoked. I love the way that record
0: sounds. sounds awesome. If, if I were to approach, you know, doing a, um, you know, like a sixties ska song the way that you, ha- I would do the same way. I would, I would try to get those vintage tones and, you know, throw that slap back on the vocals and things. I would totally do that. And those, you know, the, the, the harmonies sound rad behind it, you know, like just, yeah, absolutely. But a- anything that I do, like, you know, with the Ballyhoo stuff, um, I try to go for like the biggest sound possible. I, I love ambience and big fat mixes. Um, and I think there's definitely a time and a place, uh, the mad caddies did punk rock steady and that record sounds awesome. And it's very, it's very like down here as far as like, like it, it has that, it just has a good vintage reggae sound to it. And it's not crazy in your face it's not supposed to be, you know? So, but the inevitables thing, you know, it, it, it feels perfect. I, I I definitely didn't think like, oh, you know, I wish this was a little more lo-fi and, uh, you know,
1: (laughs) like 70s. Yeah. I'm glad that we didn't go lo-fi, you know? And and I'm glad that it it was weird because it got to a point where, with the guitars where we were just kind of like, they just need to be a little bit more aggressive. And like, even like Sean Paul was like, are you sure? And you know what I mean? And like, it's like, it's like, well, dude, like, and he's like a modest guy, right? Like super modest, like really humble. And he was just like, I'm like, dude, you've got these, they sound so awesome. Like, why why wouldn't you just like highlight what you've already done? And he's just like, he's like, well, all right, cool. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like <laughs> like no ego in it whatsoever. It's yeah. just like, so once we got it there, and once they started coming in, it was just like, you know, um, we loved living in, in that space, you know. Uh, I lo- you know, I love it.
0: Right. I'd like to talk to him and find out how he did that. Cause I'm always striving for that. <clears throat> Just big. Dude, he's yeah. He's, he's a dude
1: that to me is, is a, is a big, you know, like is part of the secret sauce for us in terms of him and my buddy, Tim, Tim Pinella is this dude I know here in Jersey. Uh, he fantastic mix engineer as well, but also like fantastic, like mastering dude. So like, you know, I find myself talking about the creative process of the inevitables a lot, but like uh, a big component is like those two dudes, like, you know, the mixes and then the mastering job, like, you know, uh, which a lot of people don't geek out on the mastering side, but like, dude, like the frequencies that Tim was able to bring out and the way I feel like he just rounded out the mixes perfectly. Um, so again, why a big reason why, like, those guitars and drums like sound the way they do you
0: know that's great yeah (laughs) definitely uh you know when you have a good team in place and kind of leave it to the pros like i love that man like i I love like doing working things you know just making my stuff but like there's there are definitely times where i'm like you know what i'm gonna instead of me doing the art i'm gonna let somebody that does this every day and is gonna devote all their time because i just don't have the time i know i wouldn't put my full effort forward you know so i'm like yeah you know, things like that. <clears throat> and and if we ever came upon somebody that was, you know, like I said, I've been mixing all this stuff, but I don't have to mix it all. It's just, it's a good way for us to save money. And the stuff sounds pretty good, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. F- for what it is. Um, but if, yeah, we have the opportunity to to work with a, a mixer and, and we got to, you know, it was the right price and all that, like, yeah, why right, not for sure. go for it, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, for the thing, the thing that I love is that we never had a conversation of like, this is how a Scott punk record is supposed to sound. We never had that conversation when writing the songs and we never had that conversation on the production side of it. So we, it didn't box We like from the jump, we didn't box ourselves in, you know what I mean? So when we started hearing the sounds, and that was the thing too, like, I guess if, if we, if you want to geek out a little bit too, like sending guitars over clean, like just nice, great, super high DI signal super clean and then let all the other stuff happen you know on the other side of of the which a lot of times is different when you're making a record you know you go into the studio and you're like i need this guitar tone i need this this kind of overdrive i need this blah 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 like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but yeah we just like start with really clean sounds and got really lucky like everything that came over like the the horn stuff that that billy and matt were sending over sounded great
0: those guys are so pro dude
1: Um, I know they're, they're so good. And then even the organ stuff that Billy sent over just sounded. So we, you know, same thing. And then dude, John (laughs) from Jeff Rosenstock, man, dude, we would send him demos like, and 30 minutes later, we'd have the, the, the tracks ready to go. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like I love stuff like that. And again, just clean tone, clean. And then there's some stuff where he was just like, ah, like, I want to try this. Like and like, he would like, kind of be like, Oh, I did this. Like, is that cool? And we were like, yeah, man, like, absolutely. You know, like you, like you said, leave it to the press. Other people do their thing. You know, we guided the vision. We gave the vision as best we could. We knew what the vibe was going to be. And we were very aware of the vibe. And, and if anything went outside of that, then that's when we had to like rein it back in. But we weren't trying to like micromanage at all, you know? Um, for me, I felt like a pain because I had to be the guy that was like, Hey, like we're trying to get these tunes done. Here's the deadline. Like where we're at, we're like four songs in, I, you know, I need three more songs from you. Like, are we going to get this done? Like, you know what I mean? And then yeah. a deadline would get blown because that's what all musicians do. And then it's just like,
0: what's a deadline, dude? but
1: here's the one, here's the one you can't blow. Like, you know what I mean? Like, are we going to do this? And, you know, and it was great. Like everybody was just so cool about everything, you know, and um, solid sounds.
0: And yeah, Sean Paul dude rushed. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that dude's name. Um, well, yeah, man. Uh, well, congrats on everything. Like, uh, I love you. that you're still you're still pursuing pursuing this, and you're creating projects. And uh, I love that uh, you and your wife are both going for going for it. You know, and in, in your respective mm-hmm. ways, and um, you know, with 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 a family in tow. I mean, it's definitely not easy. Uh, yeah, man. But, uh, yeah i appreciate coming on the show man and um yeah thanks for having me this is rad yeah where uh where can people find you
1: uh so you can find me personally uh i'm ob mean machine ob underscore mean machine mean with two e's on instagram uh where we are the inevitables on instagram inevitables.world uh online and uh yeah like i feel like we're just getting started so everything we talked about. There's, there's so much more between now and
0: next year that is going
1: to be flowing out. So
0: I'm stoked. I'm so pumped for you, man. I, I, I love the, I love the drive, man. It gets me fired up (laughs) to get back into my session as soon as we're done here.
1: There it is. Yeah. You're going to go make stuff. And you know, and you guys, you guys, there's so much that you guys are doing too. Like what you said, like you guys go for that pop thing, I feel like when I hear your records, there's there's that like that pop vibe, which can't makes perfect it. sense. <laughs> can't you know it. what I mean? It's like yeah. it's right on. It's 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 what it it's exactly what it needs to be. So you, you got it. Yeah, you, thanks, you, man. You're doing your thing.
0: Thanks, man. I love melodies, dude. I just love big big melodies, like mm-hmm. shit, like earworms. I don't know. I, I can't yeah. Help yeah. It. <laughs> I listen the radio when I <laughs> they was a work. Kid, they work. Yeah, they work. That's it but uh dude yeah
1: thanks for having me man this has been great we we got we got pretty deep today too so appreciate it
0: yeah man i like to kind of peel the layers a little bit you know i'm like oprah you know there it is except Uh, nobody gets uh, a car you know i'm sorry guys (laughs) (laughs) nobody gets a car all right brother well Obi, take care man uh tell the fam what's up and uh yeah yeah, i'm still free and everything that's happening peace man thanks so much